I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We got a fun episode for you today. We'll look at the John Deere from last week. We'll look at the U.S. Women's Open from last week. Two decent winners there. One that will cause a little controversy in this room. We'll get Kenny Oneput's reaction to Sepp Straka's win. We'll look forward to the Scottish Open this week, the preamble to the Open, which is in two weeks. We love golf across the pond, and we got two straight weeks of it. And then to round out the episode, we'll talk about our Maryland National Round. I think we've pretty much played every course in Frederick County this year, so we'll go to Tippy for our top five courses in the county to round out the episode. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at BigPlayersOnlyPod. we got new Threads content there daily as well. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, the boys are back. We had a decent weekend of golf. We had men and women, the John Deere going on along with the women's U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is kind of a fun one for us because last year we got to watch it after playing Pine Needles. This year they play Pebble Beach, another great course. But let's start with the John Deere. This was an interesting one. We had Denny McCarthy, Cam Young, kind of Ludwig Aber, kind of some young names in the mix. And then Sepp Straka goes out and is on 59 watch on his back nine late on Sunday. He ends up winning by two, but in his quest for 59, he needed to birdie one of his last two holes, 17 being a par five. Puts it in the greenside bunker, doesn't get up and down, so he's going to 18, needing a birdie to shoot 59, while also balancing trying to win this tournament. I think at the time he had like a four-shot lead. So he's, he drives his, his three-wood right down the middle of the fairway, and his second shot, he like hooks an eight-iron, ends up putting it in the water, ends up taking a double bogey. So not only does he not shoot 59, he now puts the jeopardy of the tournament, kind of watching all day thinking someone could catch him. But, oh man, a lot of these guys just kind of laid eggs, and no one caught Sepp, so he finishes two hours before everyone and takes on the title. Ken, I want to hear your reactions first because this is a guy that you've you've publicly voiced that you're just not a big fan of, and I think yeah. it was it was a situational not a big fan of. But what are your thoughts on Seth's win? Well, I think he just demonstrated that he's a choke artist and a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> a bad person. No, I have the, I have a, a, a bad person. very irrational a personal vendetta against Seth because he beat Daniel Berger in one tournament the first week we started this podcast, and I've never looked back. But I, by all accounts, he's a decent guy. <laughs> I, I think the, how many accounts are there? Not many. On Ken's account. <laughs> All of them. He's an Austrian with a southern accent. What's not to like? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I'll flip completely back around and go all in on set. Just he's, drink Diet Coats, Cokes, and... One of, one of the first up. terms we coined on this show is that he's a dog. He's a dog. bulldog. Yeah, I mean... What is a bulldog? What is a bulldog? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he won a pretty weak tournament, so... He had some decent pursuers, though. I'll give him Brendan Denny, Todd, Adam Shank. I thought Shank. Denny was going to get there. That was rooting for Denny. I mean, but. at a place like the John Deere, if you got Brendan Todd, Adam Shank, Cameron Young, Denny McCarthy kind of chasing you, a decent win. But it wasn't like he 
was in the heat of it. He just went out and shot this unbelievable round, and then no one could catch him. Well, that's what I was thinking. If someone forced a playoff, then it really would have gotten interesting because he was sitting on his ass for forever. You said like two hours. Was yeah, it two yeah. Hours? I mean, like he was. This. They were on the front nine when he finished. We probably haven't seen a, a finish like that in a while. Like a, got a playoff generated off a guy that's been sitting forever. I mean, that's like would have been fun to watch actually. In, in terms of like him kind of choking it all away and stuff, do you think? Going into 18, he was just thinking only about the 59. Do you think he was at all thinking he was going to win, knowing that it's at this tournament, like, it's a birdie course. Like, people are going to go low, go out, and obviously no one did. Do you think he even winning was in the back of his mind at all? They asked him if he was thinking about 59 down the stretch, and he said no. But I don't, <laughs> I don't believe him. He's, yeah. we, we've he already established he's not a good person via Ken. So. <laughs> God, I mean, 185 so, yards out in the middle of a fairway to a back left pin with water left, and he's going after the pin. I think he was well aware that 59 was in the cards. Especially after he kind of blew it there on 17. I mean, the, the easy par Pretty five bad, and, and kind of let an opportunity slip away. I was surprised that nobody caught him. Brendan Todd, I guess, had the best chance, and he three-putted on the 16th hole, which is apparently I read his first three-putted hole in, like, 160-some holes. Apparently, he's, like, one of the best putters on tour. That's just an insane stat to me. And then he also so. pars 17, so he, does, he doesn't three-putt, and then he birdies 17. We're in a playoff. That's, like, my league stats. What league stats? You haven't been there in over a month. <laughs> That's true. Come back this yeah, week. Yeah, we're excited to have Ken back. We'll be back. So let's run down this leaderboard a little bit. Let's talk about the big names. Uh, in T4, we have a name we've dropped a few times, Ludwig Aberg, right? The rookie from Texas Tech, number one player on the PGA Tour University rankings last year. Kid's been playing out of his mind. I think probably four events, probably four top 20s and a couple top fives. I mean, unreal golf. Uh, big one to watch. Also going into the next week, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. But, you know, he he is not in the open field right now, so he's got a, got a little work to do here. He's a very consistent driver of the ball. I was watching him a little bit this weekend. He just, like, stripes it right down the middle every single fairway. I think his, like, bugaboo is the weekends. He can't seem to, like, score well Saturday, Sunday to really put himself in contention. Yeah, well, so he, uh, he exercised some demons in that respect because he shot, what, eight under on Sunday and yeah. just vaulted up the leaderboard. But you're right, a, a young stud. I mean, he might be the brightest young player right now. And looking ahead to Ryder Cup season, I think there were some doubts a while ago, like maybe he'll be a wild card pick. He's playing himself into contention, and he'll be like an electric guy to watch during that format because he can go, he can make a lot of birdies. Yeah, I mean, you look at these guys that came out of college this year, the Fred Biondi kid from Florida, as well as Sam Bennett. And then I think Ludwig Aberg's kind of in a category of his own. Those kids have a lot of game, but Ludwig also hits it like 330 and dead straight. So I think he's got a little extra gear for sure. We also had Adam Shank. I mean, this is a guy we kind of knew about going into this week, kind of a, a tournament close to home for him. He, once again, he's one of those guys. He shoots 68 on on Saturday, on Sunday, which is not a bad round. But when you got you got a 62 and a 63 in the top board leaderboard, it's not going to get it done. But we should probably see him break through soon. I mean, he's playing some really good golf. I was golfing uh, when I was on vacation, and this guy was sitting in the clubhouse, and he was like, imagine having a last name named Shrank. <laughs> I was like, dude, how many guys have made that joke? Like, literally. It's an unbelievable career to pursue with that name, that's for sure. I was um, reading about oh, – every time I say that now, I just have to – I was reading – I know Cam Young is on the leaderboard, right? Cam, what did he finish? T- T6, and T6. he shoots 71 in the final round. I was, I was looking at his uh, – I was looking at the FedEx, FedEx Cup points today. He's kind of on the outside looking in at some of yeah, this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like – if we look towards the Scottish, that might be something to think about with the guys that are right on the cusp for betting odds. But, like, I thought this would be the tournament that Camion could really turn it on. He was kind of hovering there, but, like, this is the kind of thing, based off how he played last year, that he should try to win, you know? I saw yeah. I saw he had the lead after, like, the first two yeah. rounds, and I just assumed he was going to run away with it. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of been his 
bread and butter is, you know, not closing out, like getting out to lead sort of thing. It was, he was on that list. I think Ben put it out on the, the new Threads uh, app or whatever, Falls how we're, you know, looking at, you know, some of the people to, you know, get off that list of, you know, best player without a win. It was, you know, Cam Young, Denny McCarthy, you know, among some other ones. Both of them ended up finishing in tie for six after, you know, being right there going into round four, arguably, and then unfortunately both having horrible putting um, experiences. I think they were like bottom, like both were below the top 50 um, putting on round four, which really surprising for Denny of all people. Yeah, I mean, Cam Young, I, uh, what could be going on there? I mean, I, coming off of last year, he was like trending towards top five, top 10 player yeah. in the world, and he was consistently in the mix. And he had the runner-up at the match play this year, and I think he had a kind of a backdoor top 10 at the Masters. Outside of that, he's been completely MIA. Shaved and, the beard. And you think, yeah, shaved the beard. That you think, could literally be it. Yeah. It's, it's growing back. Throwing off his whole game. I think it has something to do with his swing, although I think his swing is beautiful. Oh, there's it can't something, be that. It can't it possibly be the real swing. Reason. There's something about that pause, I think, that when it's when it's not on, I think things can get a little out of sync. I mean, he's like we saw, he's a bomber of the golf ball. I think he probably drove the ball the best out of anyone this week, maybe Ludwig slightly better. But, you know, Cam hits the crap out of the ball, but it just seems like with that pause at the top when he's trying to get that little extra gear, it can kind of – that's why guys have been so successful on tour in the past is they just have kind of the silky smooth swings. They know how to hit a knockdown eight iron from 150, 160 yards versus going full bore at everything. Did he just get married or something? Or just have <laughs> we'll have to check into that. Maybe he's got a new girlfriend or yeah, something. Yeah. Going on. It, maybe it's because the MLB is actually cool now and it took all of his energy because he was carrying the MLB. Would have liked to see him in that home run contest rather than someone else, yeah. But you bring up a good point about Cam Young being on this list. So there's on Data Golf, there's a list of people with expected PGA Tour wins. It's just an algorithm to figure out where you are kind of heading into the last few holes on Sunday or maybe you have a three-shot lead going into Sunday. Maybe you play really good in the first two rounds. So leading this category is Tommy Fleetwood, right? We know Tommy has not been very good at converting wins on Sunday. Uh, Cam Young is second. Then you got Alex Noren, Sahith Agala, Andrew Putnam, and then Denny McCarthy should have expect an expected win of one on the PGA Tour. And I think all these guys are great golfers, but it does kind of lead to the question of if they're good closers. And I think all those guys kind of, when I think about them on Sunday, like like Denny played really good at the Memorial, but then he bogeys 18 in regulation and then bogeys 18 in a playoff. And it's just, I'm not calling Denny a bad closer. I'm just saying these guys, they need a little bit more a little bit more under their belt, and I think they'll, they'll finally get that win. Yeah, I, I think Denny is kind of the opposite uh, case study of Cam Young, who Cam Young's kind of on a decline after playing so well, and Denny, yeah, he, he hasn't closed one out yet, but he's kind of been coming out of nowhere a little bit mm-hmm. this year, and, and just he keeps putting himself in contention, and it's, it's so hard when you don't hit the ball, even tour average, to be able to consistently yeah. put yourself – I mean, it puts so much pressure on the rest of your game which obviously he's a world-renowned putter, but outside of that, you know, he's just got to be on, and he has been. But it just makes kind of closing those out and getting leads, I think, a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think I was actually talking to someone about, like, if you try to identify the stats that make the best players in the world the best, and somebody, some really well-renowned college golf coach came out and said, the number one statistic is greens and regulation, which I don't think I argue with, right? If you're hitting more greens, you're making more birdies, you're shooting lower scores, But if you think about it, if you just roll that back a little further, it's easier to hit more greens when you're hitting it further. So as long as you're hitting it far but keeping it in play, generally speaking, a pitching wedge out of the rough is is better stroke skiing than an eight iron out of the fairway. Do you think Denny's become like a household name for like casual fans now? Like I feel like that's the biggest win for him, right? Like if you asked maybe three months ago how many people knew Denny McCarthy, and a lot of people wouldn't, but I feel like now he's in the – 
you know, top 25, 30 people that you'd name if you were naming PGA golfers, which I feel like is great for his, you know, brand recognition, sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. He's, he's like a guy now. Part of that's some of the guys going to live too. Yeah, but he's right. Yeah, yeah sure. he's right. No, he's, I mean, he's a world-class golfer, right? And I think especially his clothing brand, uh, Red Vanley, they make some amazing stuff, right? But they haven't really been on the map, but now Denny is starting to get on Finn the map. Thin through the leg is out of here. Thin what? A little, little thin in the leg, a little tight. Oh, yeah, they're a little tight. Yeah, I did, I did get some, and I had to return them because they don't make them for big boys. Oh, uh, yeah, I got the biggest size. Write them a letter still about that I'd like a pair. There's a little, little room I'm in the waist. It. They're just kind of tight in the size. They got room to grow. New brand. Good ideas. Yeah, but, I mean, Denny is, I think he is becoming a little bit of that household name. Like, I'm looking at, statistically speaking, you know, he's 32nd in the world with based off the world golf rankings, but he's playing according to data golf, which is looking at more, you know, what's actually happening rather than like the two year span world golf. And he's playing the 13th best golf in the world, wow, which fun. includes your European, your live, all of those other, you know, tours into that calculation. So, I mean, he's definitely up there. He's definitely starting to make that name for himself. Hopefully we'll see him hold on. Cause it'd be really cool to have that, you know, local guy, become a you know consistent top 20 top 10 kind of golfer out there that'd be awesome for local golf here in maryland and oh, it's yeah. kind of crazy to think about how like close we're talking about like one or two shots and he wins that he wins the memorial mm -hmm. and this is a completely different conversation like yes he's put himself on the map yes he's playing incredible golf right now like consistently compared to the rest of the field but if he just had that one win under his belt especially at an elevated event like the memorial was we'd be talking about him like shoe in for the Ryder cup like next great young star like He's, he was right there. In the Cam Young conversation. Yeah. Right. And I think he still kind of is, but you're right. That win would have been huge. Yeah. And, and he's not just, you know, making hay in all these, like, mule events. I mean, he's showing up in these elevated, designated events. And even the majors, I think he's got a top 20, top 30. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's playing well in, in all fields, not just the, the down events. Yeah, T20 at the U.S. Open and T29 at the PGA. So that's, that's two good majors in the middle of the season here. That'd be good merch for us. Make hay and mule events. <laughs> Something like that. T-shirt, maybe That's a hat. That's a great idea. <laughs> Soon coming like, to the BPO shop. Sounds yeah. like a Frederick Fair event. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that rounds out our John Deere leaderboard. Let's talk about the Women's U.S. Open from this past weekend. A really big event for them, right? They got to play at Baltas Raw for the PGA and now Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open. The future venues are pretty impressive, although next year's is not a massive place, but it's really close to us, Lancaster, PA Country Club, so we'll definitely go to that one. Nice. A pretty fun little Sunday. Uh, we had some big names kind of in the running, like Charlie Hull, Nasa Hataoka, the girl Bailey Tardy that kind of was on nobody's radar, a rookie on tour. I think her biggest check to date on the LPGA was thirty grand, and she was the leader after two rounds, so that was potentially a really good story. But the girl Allison Corpus takes the win, she looked unbelievable on Sunday, right? I don't think looking at her in between shots or even over the ball, she inspired much confidence. But my God, every time she hit the ball, I don't remember her hitting one poor shot on that back nine. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like every single time they like zoomed in on her face, she looked like she was completely overwhelmed. Like, what, Panic am, I attack. Doing? what am I doing here? Well, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do now that the camera's on me? And then she just steps up, like hits every fairway, hits the green, two putt. Like she played in so much more incredibly consistent than everyone else throughout the entire weekend and just ran away with it in the end. And she moves up to number six in the world. And before this week, I think she was inside the top 20 and it's not a name I really knew, 
But there's some interesting uh, silver lining here is that Allison Corpus is from Hawaii, and this was Michelle Wee's final U.S. Open, right? Michelle Wee, a, a massive figurehead in women's golf, maybe not as successful of a career as we maybe had anticipated, but both of them being from Hawaii, it's a really big win for golf, and especially women's golf. Yeah, shout out to Michelle Wee. I mean, what an incredible career. It's It kind of sucks to see her kind of playing in her last U.S. Open. She was a former U.S. Open champ. Uh, she's She was supposed to be like a Tiger figure, and I think – and like her, her mindset towards growing the game and the impact that she made, she was a bit of a tiger figure. She didn't have the success on the course, but um, I think she is definitely a great role model for, for young girls who want to want to learn how to play the game of golf. Yeah. Like props to Annika who she played with and like Annika's best female golfer of all time. But I don't think that Annika had nearly the impact that Michelle had on golf. Okay. Like all these little girls that now pick up golf and especially a lot of the women we saw on the leaderboard grew up. They're like Michelle. We, 14 years old, playing in a PGA Tour event kind of thing. Like, if she can do that, what can I do? I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because I think it was a huge miss to pair Annika mm-hmm. and Michelle Wee together Ooh. because, like, they both, I mean, they both got some kind of, like, reception on the 18th. Didn't oh, Annika yeah. get a reception last year for it being her last? This US is her, Open? like, third or fourth retirement. Yeah, and, I mean, this <clears throat> yeah. stole what, thunder a little bit. Michelle Wee, like, declared months ago that this was going to be her last kind of hurrah and they pair Annika with her. Annika has like a rules controversy in the 18, last hole. Yeah. It takes forever to like resolve <laughs> when they're both like five, 50 shots off the lead. Let's talk about that for a second because that was absolutely hilarious. So I didn't really understand what was going on. So Annika hooks her right, pebble 18s, that par five along the water, dog like left with that big tree up in the middle of the fairway. Annika hooks it into the water and tries to explain to the rules official that her ball crossed about 50 yards further up than where the rules official uh, thought. Daniel Berger type. Oh, my God. And it's like, at this point... Vic actually came storming out of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. At this point, you're like, Annika, you're 14 or 16 over. You're 8, 10 shots out of the cut line. And you're here slowing up the whole entire course because you need a ruling for this. Oh, my God. Well, and this was, again, Michelle Wee's last round of competitive golf last hole of competitive golf. They're playing with Inji Chun, who's a legitimate... She was in contention. She was on the cut number. she got paired with these two who are dragging her down. But then I I think I even heard (laughs) Annika's son, Will, who is famous for the PNC and how good he is, was like, Mom, like, just drop the ball. Let it go. Hit another one. And yeah, it's just just a shame that to have be that kind of like tone deaf of what the situation is and, and have to make it all about yourself. One more thing about Annika, and I promise I'm not shitting on her because, right, she's so important to female golf and golf around the world as an ambassador. But in her interview, after the round, uh, Will is standing right in front of her, and they talk to Annika a little bit, then they talk to Will, and then they ask Annika, like, you know, this kid looks like he really loves the game. You think maybe one day he has a chance to be a pro? And Annika doesn't even say yes. She just (laughs) says... Well, we're going to have a lot of fun no matter what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Annika, can you just like, for one second, can you not make yourself the center of attention? Oh, it was was awful. Hey, I did feel like Colin for a little bit. I watched five minutes of this and enjoyed it. But Michelle Wee was up there taking a shot, and she was rocking some fire high-top Jordans. And oh, I yeah. took notice of that. And I was oh, like, yeah. Colin, if you didn't notice this, I got you. She but had her it, entirely own like collection that Nike made for her just for this week. It's pretty it'll, cool. It'll I think she designed the logo. Yeah. I think Colin's saying he noticed. <clears throat> hey, I would just want you to know I noticed as well. <laughs> All right, so since we're on the topic of, you, of fashion, you. how about Charlie Hull's outfit on Sunday, right? I Joggers and a text. hoodie, and I think just like kind of like – athletic-looking Adidas shoes. Like, it was it was out there. She by far the best fit on Sunday, uh, especially compared to 
Corpus Juan, who's just wearing like a quarter zip that you can get at Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> and rain <laughs> and pants. Rain pants. <laughs> so like, it's it's some company called a new. I looked it up, and I guess they they might be like European or something because I know she's from England. They're selling they're selling uh, polo shirts for like three hundred bucks. It was like Dan Flash's price. Dude, this this new wave of apparel stuff. What's what's the one that Minwoo wears as well? Oh, amazing cray. Yeah, that's even worse. Their stuff's three hundred, four hundred dollars yeah. a shirt. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, Charlie Hall goes out there and it was probably the fit, but uh, fires the round of the tournament on Sunday, shooting six under. Really didn't see six under out there on that course, but I mean, she went out there, kept making putts. She had one of the best quotes I think I've heard in a long time. She's on 18 and basically has to make Eagle to have any shot. And it's a really tough shot. And, you know, they're talking about laying up. And she finally says, you know, shy kids don't get sweets. And right. just and, proceeds and, and, to go oh after her. And then the commentator, like, feels like he has to translate it. Yeah. It's like an English saying. He's like, that means the shy kids don't get the candy. Yeah, she, that was one of the most fun rounds I've watched in a long time. And, and actually, I think what made it fun was her interactions like with her caddy. Her caddy was incredible. I think it was the number seven, which is like the very picturesque part three straight down the hill. or Yeah, straight down the hill with the water behind it. And her caddy tells her to hit one hub club, and she's standing there, and she goes, I don't like it, but I'm going to trust you. I want to hit the other one. And she <laughs> steps up and hits it to like three feet. Yeah, that's great. Her caddy's like, yeah, that's right. Do you see they give like a, a best caddy award or whatever, and they just give it to the winner every time? Yeah, it's, it's odd. They USGA is getting they have like new yeah they're doing like um, how do you actually give it to the best caddy? It's like greenskeeper <laughs> of the year. It's like okay, the guy that does the greenskeeping at that <laughs> course, <the> <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> and the caddy of the year is like the winner's yeah, caddy. It's weird. But, but uh, you know to wrap this one up, kind of a, a monumental U.S. Women's Open because they were at an iconic course, which previously they didn't have access to. I think that's a tremendous way to grow the women's game is to showcase them on all the courses that we, you know, everybody knows about, whether you're a golfer or not. Uh, it, it just is a little uh, lacking because all the stars really didn't show out this week. And I, I think that's kind of a problem they have going forward a little bit. Like the Jin Young Co's, Anneli Cordas, uh, Rose Zhang, kind of the new star. She was a top 10, so she was probably one of the only few to show out. But when you have a new major winner every time and nobody really gets momentum in winning, I think it kind of leads to a, a little bit of a watered-down product. Yeah, they definitely need someone, a single figure to step up and kind of take it. Like, I know it was Nelly for a while, Lexi for a while, Jing Young Ko had a great run, but they just need someone to, like, consistently start banging off these majors uh, and, and just be, like, the figurehead for the LPGA. Because right now, I think the, I heard the stat 20 out of the last 21 major winners were new winners. Wow. That's and crazy. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's like great for growing the game. I think they need a star. Is and the argument that there's too much talent? I think there's too I mean there's too or much just parity. There's too much parity. I mean that there's someone that comes up and seems like they're going to be the top person and then they just like fall off or can't really grab the next major. Yeah. Well, Nelly's been hurt too, right? I mean, it seems like I mean it seems like everyone, I mean this is the Rosang's biggest fan club here, so it yeah. seems like it's going to Well, that's be. what that was my do you do we think Rosang can be that person? Yeah, I think Rose will. And then I also think that, like, distance hasn't quite gotten to the LPGA. Like, Nelly hits it pretty far. Rose hits it decently far. But, like, that next wave of golfers, like the Tigers and the Rorys, and even, like, you know, like the guys that bring that to the table, they are kind of what elevated golf for the men's game after, like, the Johnny Miller, Jack Nicholas kind of era. And I don't think it's there yet, but I know that it's coming. It, we saw it with Bailey Tardy. Yeah, she hit it, like, 270 on a par four that was uphill one time. I was like, that is long. It's funny, like how much you have to recalibrate your mindset because they tee off on a 350 yard par four 
And in my head, it's like, oh, hit a good drive. You got like a half wedge in, good birdie opportunity. And they're hitting, you know, maybe that's not a great example, but like mid irons into these, what I would consider shorter par fours. And it, I mean, as a big golf nut myself, that's more fun to watch than driver half wedge every time. So them kind of like plotting their way around these courses, having to hit longer irons. But yeah, it's, it was funny watching it and just kind of having to adjust your expectations for what they're going to do hole by hole. I think even thinking about like the the Stanford women's team, who I guess they didn't win, but they were probably the best team in college this year. Rachel Heck, Rose Zhang, Megagane, they're all pretty much longer than the LPGA average. So I think in yeah. the next five, ten years, distance really hits the LPGA and takes it to the next. Well, level. And, and we saw Mari Avery. I mean, she's still an amateur at USC. Uh, she's kind of uh, she was a star of what's that Netflix documentary? I mean, short game. Oh yeah, pretty household name amongst uh, professional women's golf. But I mean, she blasts the ball off yep. the tee. All right, that wraps up this past week. Let's look forward to this week. We have the Scottish Open, like the the preamble to the Open, right? It's our first look, and most of us don't watch European golf throughout the year. So, like, this is the time of year we get to see the links, we get to see the wind, we get to see the conditions. Lots of good winners here at the Renaissance Club for the Scottish Open. We had Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Minwoo Lee, Xander Schauffler, the last three winners. So it's usually an event that boasts a strong field and usually has a good winner. It's an interesting course. It's uh, I've heard they got a lot of rain this week, so we should see it a little wet and maybe more wind and rain coming this weekend. It's a course with five par threes. It's relatively long. I think you should be looking at guys that are good ball strikers as the wind gets up and then are pretty long off the tee. It's a, it's a course that long hitters play really well at. Any picks for this week? What are you guys looking at? I, I always enjoy Just say it. it. I always enjoy <laughs> No, no, I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think I'm going where you think I'm going, but I always enjoy this, like, couple weeks of golf because we really get to feature some of the guys that are like on the dp world tour that play this sort play in europe play this sort of type of golf all throughout the year uh we got guys teeing it up this week like adrian moronk um victor perez who i think we talked about before the valspar this year a little bit is yannick paul yannick Yannick paul like these guys who are actually in the top 10 of the dp world tour rankings right now that you really don't hear much about like watching the pga tour every week but these guys are legitimate contenders, and I think they're all playing this week. I'm actually looking for Adrian Moronk. He has pretty good odds uh, coming into this tournament. He's number three, I think, on the DP World Tour standings behind like Rory and John Rahm. Uh, he won the Italian Open. He played really well in the match play that he qualified for. Um, I would be picking Min Woo, but I think his odds are a little juiced this week since he's a past <laughs> champion. Secret's out. Secret's out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with one of these guys. I, I'm going to go with Moronk, but I think it, it'll be interesting to watch these guys who have had success on the DP World Tour so far this season. I love your comment there because you're right. It's just such different golf. The greens are always just a little bit slower, a little bit furrier, right? You're going to have to hit the ball low. You're going to have to – you're going to end up in pot bunkers, so you got to drive the ball straight. Like, I love Rory this week because I think Rory's playing great golf. But you hit it too high in this wind, and you're going to have balls that are, you know, starting up the right side of the fairway, and you're playing a draw all of a sudden, then you're in the tall stuff. So I don't think his ball flight really suits this this course that well. I'm going to go with Tommy Fleetwood this week. I think it's a guy we've seen play really great golf over the past couple of months. Uh, I like his three-quarter finish with his irons, especially when it gets windy. And then one thing about this course is that these greens are pretty big, so – when you think about like a Scotty Scheffler, he's going to have a lot of like five to 10 footers probably for par around this course. So if his putter doesn't really heat up, I don't see him doing that well. But I think uh, Tommy Fleetwood's like putting probably just behind Denny is one of the best putters in the world right now. So I think Fleetwood can get it done. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, take one of the other guy's favorites here and go with Spieth this week. I mean, notoriously. Who likes, who likes Spieth? Yeah, prolific. <laughs> prolific. Uh, uh, Lynx golfer here, and he did it right. So he he took some time, 
skipped last week. He's, he was over enjoying Wimbledon, getting adjusted to the jet lag. So he's going to be ready to go play this style of course. It's just going to suit him so well. He's been knocking on the door I, a, a little bit so far this year, and I, I look for this to be the uh, kind of get right, get back to the top. Spoiler alert, he's my pick for next week. But. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that. So JT, Ricky, and Jordan all go to Wimbledon well, dressed up in their suits. JT's gonna, got like a yeah. little top hat on. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, But I saw someone post a comment that was like, Ricky's the best golfer out of these three right now. <laughs> like for the first it's time true. In like I seven years. Probably yeah. since college, right? Smiley Kaufman wanted to be in the picture, but he just wasn't allowed. <laughs> Smiley's commentating now. Yeah. Also, He wrote the caption. Jordan's shirt was incredibly wrinkled. <laughs> it looked like he just packed it in a suitcase. It's called a fashion yeah. statement. You don't uh, know fashion, Colin. You know, I think I like Jordan's outfit the best, though, because it like was with the sneakers and no tie, and I felt like that was a little more fitting. Like, I get it. You want to be dressed up for Wimbledon, but I can't imagine sitting there in the sun all day watching tennis in a full-on suit. I was right. looking at the, uh, the FedEx rankings today, and my, I was looking at – so JT is 70th. In the FedEx ranking, which is yeah, a really wow. crit- which is a really which is cr- the number, which is the number, and there's there's talk about fifty relative to the PJ Live and how it kind of works for next year and how people get paid. So it's like I was looking at that, and then Shane Lowry is seventy seventh on the FedEx ranking. So those two guys need to get some points to actually get up in the uh, you know, and because there's only like what four or five events that actually matter. Left yep. to get points, you pretty much just have the the British and then maybe two more PGA Tour events. Right. So like, I'm not sure they're good. To win bets, but if you do top wrong, two, are you going to pick Shane I was Lowry? Pick Shane. I need to pick Shane. Wrong. wrong. He was on the TV okay. earlier tonight. He is. Well, no, yeah. oh, he's on dog. the TV. I saw he him on the TV. Well, hell, I didn't know he was on TV. I would have picked him too. He <laughs> didn't get here early enough. He was on the TV. We all reminisced. I like to pick. I'll and Shane Lowry is going to. He's back well, in his element. My boy is going to come through again. I was going to say if you take Shane Lowry and JT top twenty. Oh, I pretty good bet. You know, I'm not, not top sure. twenty. Don't stop there. Keep going. All right, we'll put some. You can't take them up. both to win. Well, good. I, <laughs> I like the Shane bet. Shane loves this type of golf, and then I like JT because he's a really creative golfer. So you get JT when it gets a little windy, he can hit a little high, hit big draws, hit big cuts. Maybe this is the week these guys kind of get back on on the bike. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's a, they're all here. They get, it's a great <clears throat> field because they're all just trying to get a feel for what Lynx golf is because you don't see anything like this. On the PGA Tour, there's nothing that can even compare. Like, even if you go to a pebble that's on the water, it's windy, all this stuff, it's just a totally different setup. So, I mean, I think you you got to look for me at a European golfer, in my opinion. Like, look at the history of this. Like, there's not a lot of um, U.S. champions. Just the, last year, yeah, right? I think he was the first one at the Renaissance Club. Um was Xander, but I'm I'm got to go with a Tiro Hatton. What club was Renaissance? It? <laughs> it's the, you got to say it fancy, apparently. Um, but I'm looking at Tiro Hatton. He's a guy who's been playing great, but he's also one of your, those European guys that's played a lot on the uh, DP World Tour, European Tour over the years. He's got that experience. I think you know that's another one. He's just he's hot enough. He's in that kind of top realm PGA Tour wise. What in terms of what he's playing right now, I think it's another good pick. And a good putter most of the time. Like, when he gets a little upset, sometimes he's not. But it, putting is going to be big this week. You're going to have to make a lot of 5'10 footers. I like the conversation we were having earlier about, like, younger guys, like, not having the mental toughness to finish on Sunday. Like, I think the flip side of what I'm thinking about is, like, someone like JT or Lowry or Tyrrell, like, they have the mental toughness to try to finish, especially in oh, tough yeah. conditions. So I feel like not knowing much about the course itself, like, looking at the kind of end of the season run, it feels like the guys that have the pedigree are going to kind of shine through here. It's going to be probably a good finish, though, either way, though. Like, this... I was looking at it statistically since it's been at this course, three of them have been playoffs. And then last year was just a one shot victory. So it's going to be probably, 
you got to assume it'll be somewhat of a tight finish regardless. I did see that Xander won back-to-back last year, right? Yeah, he won. So, Ricky, back-to-back? Like, he won. I mean, Xander good. won the week before. And then back-to-back came. starts, right? Yeah, yeah back-to-back and starts. And over here, like, Ricky, Ricky didn't play last back. You know, I'm just saying back-to-back starts. Is Seth yeah. playing? He could go back-to-back, too. Yeah. Probably drown him in Diet Coke somewhere. Cap off that 59, finally. It is notable, And they found him in a big pool of Diet Coke. He spent $2 million on Diet Coke. But someone dropped a bunch of Mentos in there. A handful of Mentos. (laughs) Take this sip. It is notable, though. There is, uh, you know, this is the last chance anyone has to get into the open. So it's like there's three spots potentially available, I guess. I was looking at it. It works. Is that what it is? The top three? No, it's not the top three, but it's the top three, like, non-qualifiers that make the cut. So in theory, you could just be the only person that isn't qualified that makes the cut. And you're the only one that gets in, or you could have three more people get in. And we, I mentioned earlier how Aberg is, you know, obviously he's been playing great golf on the PGA Tour since, you know, jumping in. He's in the field and has not qualified, so this is his big chance to get into a major. So it'll be interesting to see there. He hits the ball a little high, but he hits it really straight. So I think if you don't have, like, a predominant shot shape, like playing in the wind, you pl- you can play a little better. But if, you, you know, if you're playing a draw with the wind off the right, it's a lot harder to gauge. But he plays the ball real straight. He might do pretty well here. And he hits the ball a mile, and that's – We've seen, other than Matt Fitzpatrick, right, Minwoo and Xander, both really long hitters. So long hitters tend to do well at the Renaissance Club. All right, that does it for golf coming up this week. Let's talk about our golf from last week. We pretty much have checked all the boxes. I mean, I don't know what course we haven't played in Frederick County this year, but we got Maryland National under our belt probably for the first time since last year. That was a fun, a fun round. I don't know. Maryland National doesn't rank as high on my list as others, but every time we play it, it's a challenge, right? It's, it's, t- it's tough off the tee. The greens are always pretty complicated. The par threes are great. You got lots of elevation change in the par threes. Uh, it was me, Tully, Dub, and Dub's father, or soon-to-be father-in-law. Dub and Tully, what are your thoughts on Maryland National? That actually might be my favorite course in Frederick. Well, uh, that's blasphemous. <laughs> okay. That's blasphemous, Someone get the dictionary. <laughs> You kidding me? I thought you're a musket truther. I love musket. Don't get me wrong, but I think I, I, in terms of the quality of the course, I mean, don't get me wrong. It has its issues. They charge way too much for their booze and their snacks and all that fun stuff. Well, what's, what's booze running these? It's days? like thirty bucks for a six pack. It's, it's booze. It's that ain't It's right. too much. That was a I, special thirty dollar for a six pack of Bud Light seltzers. Yeah, was their special? Yeah, it's mm. like it, you ever been to Black Rock? <laughs> yeah, doesn't they, sound they, that special to me. Yeah, they, they're definitely overpriced, but like the course itself, I think it it offers. Everything that Musket does, but I think it has, you know, a little better views, a little more unique holes, all that kind of stuff. I just think it's a very fun course, challenging course, but, you know, you can play it smart. I think it does everything very well, similar to some of the other courses in Frederick, but I think it just does it maybe a little bit better. It is prettier. I mean, it probably is the prettiest course in Frederick County. Yeah, and I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I find Maryland National to be a lot more open off the tee than like PB Dye, Worthington, sure. I, I would imagine. So it affords you a little more forgiveness off the team. <laughs> Are you saying fort? <laughs> you saying forgiveness? In the segment. And it, uh, it has its share of uh, pretty... I can't believe you just said that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> Been cooking that up for a while. It's, it's got its fair share of birdieable holes, too. I mean, which is which is a nice little compliment. It's not just tough hole after tough hole. Um, you can do better than birdie on some of the holes too. Yeah, two eagles out especially, there, for, especially for the with a mulligan guy. Over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only time I ever played that was our fantasy football like five years ago thing we did there. Oh, okay, remember that? Well, at the end of this month, you get to play it again, unless say, you got a right? class. Or yeah, something we were like prepping that. for the hey, league. I think if your hey. I think if your approach game is off, oh, like nice. it's going to eat you alive. 
Cool, cool. Well like, guarded greens. Yeah. I, you're, you're I don't think kidding. you're going to lose a ton of strokes off the Shit. tee. You're not going to so, be uh, trouncing through tall grass every hole, but that's my big thing now. Do you know that? So well, me and Zippy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the grass. I like the trees. <laughs> me and Zippy were playing down in uh, Outer Banks at Kamar. Like, we bet five bucks. So we just we bet five bucks a hole. If we went over the hole, we owed the other person five dollars on the approach. What a game! <laughs> wow, That's fun. so it actually really over the hole or over the green? Uh, like she like just, just inching it up the, over the green. Yeah, so inch it up, inch it up. It actually really helped us though. So if you go over the green, you owe your partner five bucks, and like. <laughs> And ended up, I ended up owing him like thirty five dollars. <laughs> Ken just played super fucking aggressive. Too far. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was. That's what I'm trying to do now in the league. You know, when I come back next this week. All right. So now that we've uh, played all the courses, we're going to start a new segment here. Our boy Tippy Tyler. For some of you who don't know that, he's going to give Episode us his. Episode fifty seven. We're going to do Tippy's top six, and we're going to start the segment with the courses in Frederick County. Tyler's going to go six to one, and we're probably all going to disagree. So, Tyler, hit it. Tippy's top ten. Yeah, so Starting at so, tip tops. Yeah, we got a new segment here, and it's funny. So, like, I was thinking about this because I prepped a lot earlier today, and I was thinking, it's like, we need to get, like, a catchphrase or something. And all I could think was, like, pardon the interruption, like, mail time, like, tippy time. I was like, <laughs> tippy we time. Need, we need something along <laughs> those lines for this. I like tippy to time. Proceed, so, we'll see. But, JTT. Yeah, I'll top, get a little button here. Just top six, tippy time. Just the tip? Just the Okay. Okay. Tip. Maybe NSFW. Something, that's Patreon. <laughs> something to think about. My mom listens. Um, but number six on Tippy's list of top six courses in Frederick County. So before I announce the number, this is a you already video. said it was number six. It's number six. Yeah. How many courses are in Frederick? Oh, like this. nine or ten. Like nine or ten. There's so if you to make the cut, okay. <laughs> before oh. I announce this, I want to preface it with what went into my decision making. It's not the nicest course. <laughs> These it are Tippy's picks. It is truly for me. It's proximity. <laughs> it's proximity to me. So Glade Valley, me. Maple Rock, enjoyment Maple. for me. So don't come and say, "Well, oh, this is a nice course. Your course is." I don't care. This number one for, criteria. This is for me. How far? What so, number is it? Do they let me bring beer? Before I announce the number six. <laughs> number, number six. I'll mention? No, I'll never mention. No, no, no. <laughs> Clustered Spires. Oh. Yeah, good choice. Good so choice. Clustered is the course for me. When you're looking around to play, it's like some of the guys are like, hey, let's go play a Worthington. Let's go play a Musket. And I'm just like, I don't want to pay that. It's like, mm. let's, let's just go play Clustered. It's solid, dependable. You know what you're going to get solid every beauty. time. Solid beauty. You're, you're getting the same thing every time. You know what to expect. Fun course. Cluster spires in the city six. limits too. With, you know, like it's never going to eat you alive. Five right? minutes. You're probably going to play decent there, but maybe you know if you don't have all your game, you'll be able to scratch scratch it around. I like it. Story of my life. Hey, happens. Hey, number five. It's just a topic of conversation. Maryland National. Love it. Ooh. Great course. Great Maryland course. National. Pretty expensive. Wrong, Wrong great, rating, but great course. Great course. Fun course. Personally, I don't play it very often. I think one of the last times I played it, I have to put with my driver the entire time. So <laughs> oh, what a punishment. Yeah. A bad, terrible me- bad memory for me. Punish. You bought a keg, though, didn't you? A keg? Uh, I thought that was your punishment. No, Never mind. no. that didn't happen. You should have just said, yeah, I did. That would have been a better <laughs> no, For you guys, for you guys <laughs> not a chance. Finish the keg. You don't remember? But, but no, Maryland National for me, I don't know the course that well. It's always in great shape. Greens are fast. Eats me alive. But it's like, I, when I get there, I'm like, I don't remember this hole at all. So I don't know what to do. I feel like there's a couple blind shots. Don't love that for me. Expensive. So it's expensive, but it's always a good time. But I think that fits well for my ranking as number five. It's in that upper What's echelon. It? It's not the most expensive, but probably what you're getting for the money is is pretty. Well, Saturday pretty rounds, hundred plus, right? Oh yeah. I mean, all the top 
ranked courses, I think the highest mm-hmm. being whiskey is at like like 135, 140. Wow. Let's not sit I, here and pretend we're not Twilight guys. Yeah, we're yeah, we're definitely Twilight. I'm just two saying, o'clock if, on a Saturday. If you're playing prime time and with a uh, four for three, four for three <laughs> before we leave Maryland National, I just want to say that Maryland National for me is ranked tied for first with PB Dye, where if you drink too much on the front nine, <laughs> the back nine becomes impossible. <laughs> Check back in in two weeks for how the uh, back nine went for Colin. <laughs> All right, number four for tippy time is the staple <laughs> maple run. Uh, I, staple I, maple, they call I, it. I can't even count the number of times. It might be like three or four. But the number of times we've been out having a good time on a Friday night, I was like, guys, let's golf tomorrow. All right, someone go look up tea times. Only <laughs> things available. And they go look up tea times like there's nothing there. Oh, we could probably play maple for like 30 bucks. And we do it, and we have a great time every time. Course, it's okay. It's getting better, though. It's getting better, though. They're putting money into it. You can see the efforts there. But I mean, if you stack it up against some of these other courses in the area, it's not there for the it's not there for the quality, but it's there because it's consistent. You know what you're getting. Once again, it's always open, always a good time with the boys. Are you worried that as more money is pumped into Maple Run, it'll become more popular and the prices will go up? Yes. <laughs> okay. These Are rankings <laughs> can be amended as things change. I, having just played there recently, I haven't played in a long time. There's a couple like simple but really fun holes. Like I guess it's three like the hard dog leg right over that little creek it challenges you and then that one straight downhill drivable par four even close for someone like me even though i hit it straight in the woods but like there's like some pretty fun holes there that aren't super long that you can actually try like to score on so well the it, telephone poles on that one part <laughs> yeah, the back obstacle. nine presents some pretty uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. interesting holes yeah i think other than that par five where you have to hit it like around the dog leg and the telephone poles and it's always really muddy up by the greens i think that Maple's layout is actually really interesting. It's always just that their greens are never in great shape. So even if you're having a good day hitting the ball, you just it feels like sometimes you can't make the putts, so your score, you never feel like you score that well. But I think Maple's layout is extremely fun. The short par fours present challenge, but there's also places to lay up. I think it's one of the better layouts. It just it needs the money put into it. But then again, like does it fall down the rankings because it gets more expensive? Maybe. If they if they uh, improve those greens and made them like really firm and fast, that course would be impossible. Very tough. Yeah, they're I mean, tiny greens. Link style, like every green feels a little elevated. Where if you miss or you you could put off the green basically every hole because they're small and they just funnel down straight around them. Horrible rank though. It should not be this high. You can find yourself it shouldn't some, be that low. Just thinking about the greens, you can find yourself some really tricky positions. Like number nine, the entire green is elevated by like a rock, like rocks around the side. Yeah, yeah. like you if you're pushed up, right up like, which against, against those rocks, which I've been wall. before, it's no grand wa- rock wall. It's like one foot tall, yeah. but it is a rock wall. <laughs> you can step off. Of it. <laughs> yeah, you got to climb to the top. But. Careful on that hole. People will steal your ball. You got to remember that. <laughs> it has happened. My uncle Bob plays maple every week, and he's eighty five. <laughs> that couldn't. Yeah, I saw Uncle Bob just. The other day he's good looking good yeah he was like oh Can't i believe he's 85 he's like i hit the rock you know he like literally like is having the same problems as us out there so fine <laughs> all right number number three on the course rankings this is definitely a little bit of recency bias for me i'm going to put whiskey creek up there wow Pro- all right prob- rich boy probably one of the nice wow. the only reason i played it was Esop. because we played in a scramble we had a great time playing the scramble, but the after, fucking hammered. But the a party. after party was the focal point. Oh, that that's the jazz one? that's that why the, I said uh, I oh, bought yeah. a saxophone because that damn party was so fun. <laughs> Cut that so audio. To steal I'm so going up there. To, I'm going to. Gonna, I'm going to learn how to play saxophone. I'm going to be performing Whiskey Creek next year. 
Heard it here first. I had no idea that's what brought it out, but that makes a lot of sense. This guy, this guy starts his ranking saying he's not picking the most expensive. It's got to be creek number two and talk about close to creek number three. It was twelve hours, all you can drink, round of golf, entertainment for what a hundred bucks we paid, maybe a little bit more. It was two hundred, so I enjoyed it more. Six hot dogs. Yeah, I mean, it was that. That was a hell of a time. You got. I'll give you that. And it is a fun course. It's also a very like scorable course. Oh, me and Dub know that. So it's. It is. I think a little not your ranking. I think. Widely speaking, look at like public scores. This doesn't tell you ranking. Yeah. This is my I, ranking. I understand. I, I like your ranking better than what like the general public. Yeah, we don't need you to translate. Golf Digest yeah. sucks when they're ranking. It means they always the put kid, this way too high. What is it? The kid, the candy with the <laughs> shy kids don't shy get kids sweets? don't get the candy. <laughs> Can you explain what that means? <laughs> I am surprised to see whiskey up this high for you. It is extremely expensive, but I agree. I mean, the course is always in immaculate shape. It is relatively easy. I think growing up, I didn't realize that whiskey is a pretty easy course. Like on the back nine, I think there are a couple tricky holes. But that front nine, the fairways are wide. If you hit it in the trees, you probably still got a good chance to find it. Number two. Cool. I feel like I know what you know. I feel like I know what it's going to be. God, one's going to be Glade Valley. And I'm well, so we don't, upset. Are we doing Maryland only? Frederick County. I think uh, even more specific. Be, okay. I think we're going to I thought Glade you were going to add Gettysburg in there. So we're only on Frederick County. I thought you were going to Southern PA is next week. Southern PA is next week. That'd be fun. <laughs> Number two, Glade Valley. Ah, wow. Glade, ah, interesting. Glade Valley is three minutes from my house. I've played it hundreds of times, and it's. What'd you put the over under at? Like one twenty eight? Not like fifty two and a half. Fifty two? You've played it. You more said than hundreds that. of times. Uh, yeah, but it's all relative. Oh, um, but no, it's it's you. Always see someone there working that you know, so it's always nice to walk in. It's like, hey, Mike. Like who, my dad? <laughs> Just hanging around. Hey, Colin's dad. Yeah, who, no, me? At hey, least. same old man starter that's been there for 25 years. <laughs> exactly. And be like, ah, you know Donnie cut these cups. So it's like, it's always the same thing, but it's like, you know what to expect. It's it's always there for you. I know every hole. I know the layout. I know where to be. I can't always hit it there, but it's it's, it's just home. It just feels good. So Glade Valley is definitely a number two for me. You nope. said the same starter that's always there. It's the same guy that goes, we're playing Obama rules today. You get entitlement to a drop. <laughs> Wherever you want. <laughs> no, they, they got rid of that, I think. Oh. Um, do you have any concerns with like the the pace of play out there or or the water issues? Um, no, don't normally drink much water on the course, so that one's fine. Um, pace of play just gives you more. Miller Coors water is fine. Yeah, so no, no, no water. Next I, question. I just want to make sure. Are you worried about the water? No. Next question. I think if, if uh, the thing we've always missed with Glade is having a clubhouse we can really hang out at. If they really put some money in the clubhouse, it would just be the best. Then you get that uh, the second floor like yeah. balcony thing. It's just there, and they just don't let anyone up there. Then you get that. I think uh, it's the rotted floorboards that really put a little yeah, brewery just put some out there. In there. Man, yeah. you could you could really food have truck a good time. food truck even. And Maple has a food truck now. That's going up. Makes the, I think uh, six hour round not feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it happen around the country, and then we saw tree like fast. <laughs> Treehouse bought up a, a course, but I would say <sighs> Glade Valley is a perfect candidate for doing something where a distillery or a brewery is on site and like they do things. Zone they something? do things around the course. Yeah, like have little stands. Like we see the pine cone at Pinehurst. Like that kind of stuff would be really cool. Number one. I don't know what the hell's left. I thought Glade Valley was going to be number one. 
No, this one's kind of boring, but for me, I think it's my number one. It's going to be Musket Ridge. Hey! Nice. Shout out Musket. And honestly, for me, it's like, I don't play it that often. He's not even a league player. Exactly. I'm not even a league guy. Normally, when I play it, it's in a scramble. Ken was. Yeah. Yeah, I play it in a scramble, and we generally end up doing pretty well. So I'm always getting my money's (laughs) worth. They're practically paying me to play there. I get probably some breakfast. I get a little bit of lunch. Breakfast. I I fill my my bag up with beers from the Flying Dog. Carts. It's like I'm, I'm doing pretty I good. I was highway robbery. Yeah, Did you guys put that tournament out of business? No, I think no, fly, the flying dog put themselves. Yeah, they had out to move. Business. The race <laughs> went up. Yeah, the race definitely. That went one up day we business. legitimately left with like sixty beers in our bag. Oh god, easily. Oh, yeah. so allegedly. Yeah, no, no, it was no, it just was. <laughs> I'm not going there on a Sunday morning and paying 130 dollars to play. I'm going on a Friday and taking off from work, going for a scramble, having a great time. That's my memories of muskets. So I ain't yeah. driving all the way out there for a league. It's a long drive from Thornton, but it's it's always a good time when I'm there. So that's number one for me. So what's your favorite tournament you've played in there? Is it Flying Dog or flying is it the dog. FOP? Nah, Flying Dog. Flying Dog is always a good time. Ah, fuck off, Kevin. A little plug for Musket, right? It's the, it's where we play our league, and I think it's in my top three courses in the county. And we get this thing called the Blue tippy Gray. Time. The well, tippy, tippy, tippy Time's time. number one, but mm. we get this thing called the Blue Gray membership. It's like 180 bucks a year. We get five bucks off for every nine we play in the league, and then usually when we go out on the weekends, we're getting like twenty bucks off our, our fare. So that's not to mention you get a free round on your birthday and a free round just for having it, which pays for yeah. the blue gray in itself. Anyone out there? I mean, I think the wait list sometimes gets long, but if you're interested, they got rid of that wait list. It's all nice. Open now, if you're interested maybe. in a good course to find where you can get a little bit of a better deal on the weekends and through the week, just with a like kind of like a semi membership. Blue Gray at Musket is an unbelievable deal. You can just come on by and see me. I'm like a mile and a half away. We'll he'll hang out, and have beers afterwards. It's great. Number one. Number one. It's on not. Tippy's. I don't think it's number one for me. Oh. It's not my ranking. It's Tippy Tyler's ranking. Hey, any, any grapes with uh, the first installment grapes? of Tippy Time? No, no, no grapes. No, no grapes. grapes. Next no. question. Grapes. No grapes. Leather ships. I'm actually. I'm not exactly certain where Frederick County ends. So I didn't know what ones would qualify. <laughs> You're like the map guy too. I should know this. I stuff. think that yeah. uh, I saw the. Ma- we went to Rattlewood recently, yeah. and we were wondering. I is think that, that is split. Between Frederick I think and it's Montgomery in County. Frederick County. Really? It's no, no, it's not. I Googled County. it. It's not. It's not. It, really? wouldn't, have made, it wouldn't have made his top ten. Uh, All right. Well, good first installment of Tippy Time. We'll get back next week with another ranking of Tyler's. I don't know what we're going to do next week. You have to do it. Tune Southern in to listen. PA. Southern PA. Southern PA. Send maybe. us suggestions. Yeah, send in suggestions what you Hit want Tyler to rank. Drinks yeah, on the drinks. golf course. Hit him up on threads. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram. Follow us at Big Players Only Pod. And check out our new threads content there. We'll see you next week.